Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Monday, and thank you for joining us here on this Monday evening. Uh, sorry we missed you last week, but glad to have you back this week. Kyle Weska, Eric Ayala joining me, Luis Sanchez here from IW Sports, Sports Monday. A lot to get to. We've had a, a plethora of sports go on in the past two weeks that we want to talk about. NWSL season is officially underway. The WFA and the IWSL weekly wrap-up and NWSA, excuse me, the NPS draft is going on tonight after this show. You can catch all the updates on MyW Sports uh, on Twitter. But as we said, a lot to get to. So I'll swing it over right to Kyle for this week's Fun Fact of the Week. Sure. As we had the uh, Boston Marathon last week, but we missed our MyW Sports Monday, uh, Catherine Switzer is credited as the first woman to run in the Boston Marathon. However, Bobby Gibb ran in the same race unregistered and completed the 26.2 miles almost an hour less time. Absolutely. History in the making. And Catherine Switzer actually running the marathon 50 years after she ran it originally uh, in Boston. So a big, big move there uh, to support her foundation. Um, what were your thoughts, Kyle, on the Boston Marathon this year? I thought it was great. And as you mentioned, uh, Switzer has continued to really push for uh, more women to be involved not only in, in running, but also in, in the, the uh, outset of it, the, the fundraising, the, the, uh, the, whole, uh, the whole of the Boston Marathon, getting people involved, volunteering, uh, helping out, you know, and, and it's just been a great thing for, for the whole, you know, for, for women being able to not only run, uh, but able to be a part, a, a true part of the Boston Marathon. Absolutely, and her foundation, I believe it was 251 after the bid, or 261 after the bid that she had in her first race. Um, they ran with over 120 people in this year's Boston Marathon. Switzer was part of that group, so a big shout-out to that group. Also, Tatiana McFadden, EA, I'll bring you in on this one, just misses out on uh, the Boston Marathon championship or, or uh, medal, but you know she was pretty adamant about it. She was just in the hospital. What were your thoughts about McFadden's performance? I mean, I think it's still a pretty dominant performance, as you alluded to. I believe she had two surgeries, or excuse me, she had, I'm not sure how many surgeries she had, but I think she had two blood clots, uh, which was why she was having surgery. So to come back from surgery in a short period of time and still place in the top five in her division is uh, not too shabby. So uh, I thought it was great that Tatiana McFadden was just very grateful to be out there, as she always is. Absolutely, and EA, we'll keep you in on this one. There's so many sports to get to. What are some things we're looking out for uh, around the leagues this week? Well, obviously, we have two weeks of the NWSL to catch up on. Um, I was at the Breakers game, actually, yesterday, and Switzer's foundation was honored at the Breakers game, so we can talk about that. We have a few Brazilians to talk about. There's one everyone wants to talk about, and there's another one that actually was able to break a tie this week. 
so we should probably talk about Dabinia. Um, and then, of course, WNBA. We've got uh, training camp started yesterday, so lots of teams doing two days because they've only got one week before they start preseason, and then, boom, the season is, is here. Uh, so we've got some WNBA updates. Absolutely, and as you alluded to, we have a lot of soccer to get to. The start of the NWSL season was last weekend, um, and we had week two pass us this past weekend. So let's get right into it, EA. When we talk about the NWSL, what were your uh, what were your thoughts? I think um, my first initial thoughts, unfortunately, are that week one saw a lot of injuries to high-profile players, and then some of that even continued into week two. So both Joanna Lohman, uh, Joe Hawk uh, from the Washington Spirit, and Amy Rodriguez, A-Rod, go down with ACL tears in their first games. Now, uh, A-Rod is coming back after maternity leave. She and Sydney LaRue both coming back to FCKC that obviously struggled without them last season and both scored goals in their opening matches. Uh, home opener, uh, season opener, uh, both returning from maternity, and they both score goals. But, again, unfortunately, Amy Rodriguez goes down with an ACL. Joanna Lohman goes down with an ACL uh, injury. And both, they were um, no contact. So, you know, that's that's how you knew it was going to be bad. Um, but other than that, we saw in the first week our, our former MyW Sports guest, Janine Van Week, uh, she and her team, the Houston Dash, opened up the season uh, with a win, and I believe it was uh, Rachel Bailey that had the goal of the week. It was uh, pretty filthy um, in that week one. However, things really turned around for the Houston Dash in week two as they fall to the Seattle Reign five to one. Now. Uh, Janine was out. I believe she had the flu, and I think there were some other uh, key pieces out of the lineup. But we can see already that that defensive line uh, is really going to want to get their starters back. Jane Campbell made her debut in that 5-1 uh, game. Um, so probably not the outing that she wanted, but it's still early. Um, and um, Megan Rapino, I'll, I'll uh, stop there before having you guys chime in um, on soccer. Her team, uh, the Seattle Rain, they went to a 1-1 draw with uh, Sky Blue FC in the first week. So Sky Blue again spoils the party for the Seattle Rain at home. Um, didn't quite defeat them like last season, but uh, didn't allow them to get a full three points. It was uh, two goals on penalty uh, penalty uh, kicks. Um, it was Sarah Killian and uh, the aforementioned Megan Rapino that are able to uh, convert the kicks into goals. And then uh, Megan Rapino had uh, a, a really nice goal. I think it personally should be goal of the week on a volley, one of the five goals for the Seattle Reign um, this week. So those are, those are my highlights really quickly for, for two weeks of soccer, and I know there's a lot more to talk about. Um, we haven't hit Orlando and Marta coming in, um, but that's what stood out to me. All right, that's great, and we'll we'll get to that. Kyle, let me get your your quick thoughts on week one and week two, and then we'll kind of hit on specifics that that both of you alluded to, and and I have some uh, some as well. Well, what I love is that you know we're already seeing that a lot of teams are going to be difficult difficult to defeat in the NWSL, and I love that we don't have. Other than, granted, we had the the 5-1 win. Um, Other than that, every other game has really gone down to the wire, whether it's a late goal, you know, in in, uh, North Carolina's last one to to beat Portland or, um, you know, or or even uh, Boston's, you know, in their win. Teams are playing very even. I don't know if they're playing conservative early in the season, um, but it's great to see just such great back-and-forth play that – that is allowing um, us to see just some, some brilliant plays. And it's, it's clear that this year there's, there's going to be a fight for who makes the playoffs. Absolutely. And that's something we alluded to earlier in a couple of our shows talking about the parity in the league this year looks to be a lot better than it has in recent years. And EA, 
you talked about Rachel Daly's goal, and I think that's definitely a goal of the year nominee. Um, but it, it looks like there's a lot of teams that have specific players and and or are, are trying to find their systems early in the season. And as Kyle said, it, it seems like we're going to have a fun year to watch some some football. Um, but when you talk about that first week, I, I know Sky Blue had that incredible game against Seattle. Um, but were there any surprises for you in that first week? Um. I think being able to see Houston's offense is not something that we've been able to see very often, and unfortunately it didn't last. But that was really exciting to see Daly and Ojai really connect. I thought that was great. Um, I would say, again, I don't think there were really any surprises. You knew FC Kansas City was going to be better when, I mean, you look at their front line for that first game was LaRue, Rodriguez, and groom are you kidding me so that was exciting to see um i think if if we go with surprises i'll have to go with boston i really liked what rose lavelle was doing that first week uh as well as adriana leone who was with western new york at the beginning of last season then went to switzerland i believe it was for fc zurich uh so not a part of that championship roster and now she's back. She's back with the breakers, and she is a force at the top. Um, so I think that was something that, you know, you didn't expect uh, Leon getting a chance with a team that really needs some, some firepower, and I think she's definitely going to be a cog up there with Lavelle. That's definitely something to watch for this season. And EA, week one had plenty of storylines. You mentioned the injuries, but it seemed like week two had just as many. You had the, you know, the the debut of Marta, another Brazilian superstar who who's making uh, headlines in this league. You talk about um, the North Carolina Courage opening up their first home game as the North Carolina Courage. So there, there was a lot to talk about this week. Now, when we're looking at the results, you you mentioned Chicago, um, Kyle mentioned North Carolina, and obviously that Boston win. But what was the game of the week for you, in your opinion? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, You know, I think the battle, the anticipated battle going into week two was definitely Portland against now the North Carolina Courage. One, because as you said, uh, Lou, that's opening up in Cary, North Carolina, a return of women's soccer, women's pro soccer, to a hotbed of soccer in North Carolina, a new franchise. um, But more or less the same team. They returned a lot of great players, but of course that's a rematch of the semis. Um, I think for me, that was probably the game of the week going in. And I I don't think that it disappointed. Um, You know, I think also the the Chicago red stars, FC Kansas city game. I think it was a little lower profile. Obviously Marta didn't make her debut on that pitch, Um, but it was another good game. And, we saw something, I guess, surprising out of week two. Um, Kristen Press had a lot of opportunities, uh, one on a penalty, so from the spot, and another where she, she deked out the, the goalie but wasn't able to, to convert. So I think that was a little bit surprising. But her team picked her up, and they still get the victory. Absolutely. And you mentioned Dabinia, who's who, who made her uh, debut for the Courage, scoring her first NWSL goal. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the crowd there, EA? I mean, there, there are stadiums that pack 4,000 people. This one seemed like a 4,000, I mean, excuse me, 14,000. That's, that's the number I meant. 14,000 people. This one seemed like there were 14,000 people there. There were only 6,298. But, I mean, the atmosphere in Cary, North Carolina, this game, uh, 81st minute goal by Dabinia, I mean, it, it had everything of, 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 you know, the game of the week, I guess. Yeah, it was a, it was a good game. Again, you know, uh, lots of excitement. Uh, not surprised again, to see that kind of a crowd. Again, this is a return of professional soccer. So uh, North Carolina Courage, uh, or the Carolina Courage, excuse me, was the first team that was down there. So I think you've got some diehard fans, as most Woso women's soccer fans are. And then, of course, it doesn't hurt when you are in the backyard of, you know, um, the UNC Chapel Hill program. Um, So that was great. But, again, the Brazilian that was able to connect and, and make it happen for her team was Dabinia. Uh, she was knocking on the door all 
gain. Um, you know, there were so many opportunities, and she was definitely getting uh, getting roughed around uh, just because she was everywhere. She was terrorizing the back line for Portland. And Portland, we I, I'm pretty sure I've spoken, they can be a pretty um, <laughs> aggressive team. Um, and I think that a lot of times they probably can get away with some of that because of the high-profile names that are on their team. Uh, sometimes the whistle tends to go away, in my opinion. Uh, but, but you know, North Carolina Courage held their own, and I loved that it was Dabinia that was able to get them on the board. Sam Mewis, another person that's having a little bit of difficulty finishing, but I, I, I'm confident that it'll come together for her. We saw a little bit of that from her last season, but she was such a, an important piece of that North Carolina team. McDonald and Lynn Williams are looking dangerous again. And the fact that, as they're known, the Twin Towers weren't able to connect is only going to be dangerous for teams moving down the road because that's not going to last all season. And I expect those two um, to to be connecting and really getting North Carolina on the board. Yeah, a little different look from the former Western New York Flash. Their defense doing the talking in the first two weeks, 1-0 games in both, and their offense finding a way to put it behind. Kyle, I'll bring you in another game this week that I think all of us had a rooting interest in, where the Boston Breakers taking on the Sky Blue FC. Uh, as EA said, Sky Blue had a great game against Seattle Rain in their first week to, to earn a draw. Boston fell to FCKC 2-0. So now these two teams kind of heading in opposite directions in a sense. Boston picks up a 1-0 win. Kyle, your thoughts on it, and specifically your thoughts on Abby Smith, and then EA, I'll get your count. Well, so last year we talked a lot about how, you know, the, the breakers seem to have – let me start again. We, start, we talked about early in the season when Abby Smith took over the goaltending position for a little while that she really did a great job and really held her own and kept – kept a lot of games close for the breakers. They weren't able to, to score, you know, necessarily to, to help her out as much. Um, but we saw something good out of her. And then unfortunately she had the injury last year that kept her out for most of the season. And it's just great to see her come back and, and have just a, you know, a great game again, you know, and show that the breakers, if they can just continue this, you know, defense and keeping a team like sky blue, which does have a, a pretty good offense, um, keeping to blank them is, is pretty impressive in itself. And then, you know, obviously to, to be able to score as well, um, you know, obviously is, is always a good thing as well to, to help your, your goaltender out. Absolutely. And EA, you talked about Rose Lavelle, who had a phenomenal first game against FCKC. Obviously no, no magic produced there. But she assisted on Natasha Dowie's goal in this one, her first NWSO goal uh, for the number one overall pick. You were there. What were your thoughts about the game and and her performance specifically? So first I'll talk about the Boston Breakers. I think they, from the very beginning of the game, were able to maintain possession. Um, And they really seemed to disrupt the midfield of Sky Blue FC, which I think led to some of – um, the frustration on that end, and I'll talk, I'll talk about that perspective in a little bit, but let's stay with Boston as the home team. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting the breakers to be at the, at the bottom uh, again, maybe not thrilled at the, some of the moves or lack thereof perceived uh, that, uh, th- that the franchise took. But I see, I see a scrappy team. Um, I think Smith, She's still young, um, but she, she's got moxie, as we like to say in New York and New Jersey, I guess, too. Um, she's got moxie, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that with uh, Julie King was back in the lineup, and she was wearing the captain's armband and made a difference. Um, you know, Doey after the game said, you know, Julie said no home team has lost yet this season and we're not about to be the first ones. That was kind of the rally cry going into, uh, going into yesterday. And uh, the team made good for the captain. Uh, I thought that the defensive line looked really, really good. And they were doing a, a good job of connecting. I think Rose Lavelle, I think her game yesterday was more about really um, agitating again, agitating that midfield and, um, you know, 
having her head on the swivel and really connecting. I think she attacked a little bit more in, in week one, just from my perspective. But again, who really caught my eye was uh, Leon. And so having her up front as a winger and, and being able to have Lavelle play uh, a central position is something that Beard talked about, and that's what he wanted. And I'm forgetting, I don't have my notes on me right now, who played the other wing, but that was a combination that Beard really wanted to see. He was very excited uh, about his team, um, but also knows that it's early in the season. They're going to have to keep the foot on the gas and um, continue to, to really tighten up a few things. Uh, the game, the, <laughs> the coaches will tell you that they didn't particularly care for some of the calls or lack thereof. Uh, and there was a little back and forth between Chrissy Holly and, and Beard himself. But, um, you know, I think that is just a part of the game. And both teams were, were kind of feeling it. So that's something that for Sky Blue in particular and maybe even Christy Holly in particular, you're going to have to kind of um, overcome that. And that's not something that I saw Sky Blue do. I think last week they had a much more coordinated and a much more consistent attack. There were times where, I mean, Holly and, and even uh, Kaylin Sheridan, she was telling her teammates to push up, push up, and really press the defense. And that's just not something that happened consistently. Christy Holly, after the game, was very disappointed in, in the performance of Sky Blue, said that including his time as an assistant, that's the worst game and performance that he'd seen the the club play. Um, and so those are strong words. I I haven't been as long uh, around as long as Holly, but I'm hard-pressed to disagree with him. There was just uh, – I don't, I don't know if it was the effort, but just the consistency the coor- and the coordination wasn't there. And that's not what you expect from a team that is always um, – that always appears to enjoy communicating with one another and, and challenging one another. And I just didn't see that. So the bug was, um, but they're going to have to fix it. And they might have to do it without Leah Galton, who got uh, an injury late in the game. Um, and she suffered from some injuries uh, last season too. So that's going to be a really big blow for Sky Blue. And yeah, I was going to ask you exactly about Leah because last year she played a vital role in that team's offense, especially late. Um, but I also wanted to ask you about the defense because I think they were just one play away from earning a draw in this matchup. I, you know, Lavelle found uh, Dowie, you know, sneaking behind that back line of the defense. And I think that might've been the only mistake um, that, that Boston could capitalize on. So do you think that there's a defensive problem here or do you think it's just injuries or, or trying to figure out the roster right now? You know, I have to take another look, but again, I think there were times where the defense seemed to want to play a little more conservative than it, from my vantage point and just me putting things together, than maybe what Christy Holly expected the game plan to be. And so it was actually Erica Scrossi who was running the flank, which usually Kelly O'Hara does. We know we saw the Sky Blue do that last season, and I think that maybe. Um, it was just one of those times, and it happened a few times, unfortunately, where Skrowski and Galton in particular just got their wires crossed. And then that left, um, it was, um, I guess, Freeman, I think, was on that same side. I, I forget exactly where the goal was scored from, but that left the, um, the, the defensive line exposed. And so, you know, you have your center backs that have to then swing all the way out and to fill the empty empty um, space there. So I think that happened a few times. Um, it's not the same defensive line. Kristen Grubka, and, you know, I didn't get to ask Holly about Kristen, but she was a very um, physical uh, defender, and you don't have that. I mean, Kristen Rampone is your speed, and she's the poise. She's the cool, calm, and collected veteran. Uh, Erica Skrowski has got the speed, and she's very strong on the ball. Um, you know, almost uh, she's a little deceiving, I think, in, in her gait, but she's very strong on the ball. But you don't have someone, especially with O'Hara playing up front, who you really got to think about if you want to go for a 50-50 ball because you, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to get a tackle. It's going to be clean nine times out of ten, but you're also going to feel it. And that's what Grubka brought. That's what O'Hara brings. I mean, she did it yesterday. And so I don't know that uh, Sky Blue FC has 
that um, and so that that's kind of what I'm seeing out of the defensive line. But got to remember, it's um, Mills and Freeman that are rookies, so they're doing what Skrowski and Erica, um, excuse me, and Aaron Simon had to do last season. And um, but they're different players, so um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I think it's just unfortunate because the midfield and the forwards are still not connecting as well. And again, Galton just just uh, she had great crosses, but I don't think that she was creating as many opportunities for herself in particular as I think that she could have in Sunday's game. Okay. Okay. And Kyle, I'll bring you into the final point here on the Boston Breakers. This is a team along with FCKC that was picked by experts to finish in the bottom of the basement. Right now, these two teams in the first two weeks at three points in a tie uh, with five of the teams. Do you think this is a good start for the Breakers looking forward? Oh, it's definitely a good start. I mean, anytime that you pick up, um, you know, this many points early in the season, I mean, I don't know when they scored, uh, when they when they had four points last year, but I, I'm certain it wasn't this early in the season. Um, so I think this, yeah, it's a great start for them. And, and it's not the end of the season, obviously. We've got a long way to go. But, uh, you know, so far to have, you know, three points on, on the board right now and, and feel pretty good about, about how it's gone. And, um, you know, to not be playing with, with, uh, with no points for as long, for very long. Um, you know, I think that's a good thing. And, you know, they still have, like, again, they still have a long way to go. We're only, you know, a couple weeks in here, but, um, yeah, yeah, certainly a win is a win is a win, whether it comes early in the season, late in the season, you know, it's probably better that it came early in the season. Absolutely. So right now, first place, North Carolina Courage with six points, 2-0 and on the season. Uh, haven't given up a goal yet this year. So we'll see if that changes this upcoming weekend with the NWSL schedule going in full force as we get to the end of April. Uh, EA, any final thoughts on NWSL before we move on to some football? No, I think, um, you know, it, it's, we see Seattle going to Boston, I believe. FCKC is in New York. Um, and then again, everyone's going to want to see what Marta does. Is she going to come off the bench again, or is she going to be able to start for an Orlando team that, you know, I think really is going to have to tighten up on their offense. I think she was a little frustrated and not at the distribution uh, from her new teammates. Um, Marta is, is uh, definitely an animated player. So looking forward to seeing her a little more. May have circled when she's coming to uh, New Jersey on the calendar already. That's going to be exciting. <laughs> anticipation awaits as we move on in the NWSL schedule a lot of great games to look forward to a lot of great players to go watch so if you've got a team local or visiting your town uh, go check out the NWSL soccer page and get some tickets um, alright so moving from football to football Kyle we had a very busy WSA football schedule this week a lot of incredible matchups and I know you're excited to talk about one specifically so what's the wrap up in the WSA yeah, and I'll hold off on that one first. But, um, you know, just uh, like you said, a, a ton of great games this week. You know, 20 games, quote-unquote, on the schedule. Unfortunately, we have a few teams that have now dropped out of the WFA. Um, so we, we had a few um, uh, forfeits this week. But but still, I mean, we're talking, you know, 20-plus games um, and, and some really great games. You know, we saw – uh, the Philadelphia Phantoms beat the Baltimore Nighthawks 52-7. to um, This is a Phantoms team that, that had a great run in the playoffs last year. You know, they have to play in the East, and they have to play the Divas and the Renegades, and they play a tough schedule. But, um, you know, when, they, when, when push comes to shove, if, if you're not, you know, one of the top-tier teams, uh, the, the Phantoms are a great team, and they're going to be tough to beat. We also saw the Sharks put up a great showing against uh, the Keystone Assault, 54 to 14, and the Montreal Blitz continued their winning ways, uh, winning 49-14 over the new Maine Mayhem. Uh, good win for them, just to keep rolling. Uh, also, uh, the Cleveland Fusion beat the Columbus Comets, 19 to 9. The Fusion again are one of those kind of middle of the road teams, but if if you're if you're not going to bring your best against the Fusion. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be up for a tough team there. Um, going a little further south, uh, there was a couple of battles of of Texas, and and one that was a huge game for the the Austin Outlaws. Uh, the Austin Outlaws defeated the Houston Power 21 to 20. 
just a great game for them. Um, you know, obviously the, the Dallas elite still own Texas with a 59 to nothing win over Arlington, but, but Austin is certainly making a case for themselves to kind of be that, that next up uh, down in Texas. And then out West, a, a game that we were really excited to see was the Central Cal War Angels versus the Pacific Warriors. Uh, the Warriors had played pretty tough so far this year. The War Angels were able to beat them 28 to 19. And the My W Sports Game of the Week, I'll finish with this one, was a huge game, and the Boston Renegades defeated the D.C. Divas 26-22. to uh, Just a big game here. I mean, we know last year uh, D.C. came up to Boston, ended up scoring a touchdown with 17 seconds remaining uh, to take the win away from the Boston Renegades and go on to win uh, last year's WFA Tier 1 championship. Uh, so this was a big game. Obviously, the Renegades had this circled with, with Allison Cahill back under center for them. Um, another great showing for her, two pass, two touchdown passes to Emily Beinecke uh, to give the, the um, Renegades a lead. Unfortunately, the uh, Divas were a little scrappy in this, and even with the loss this year of um, not only their quarterback, uh, Allison Hamlin, but also their wide receiver, Ashley Wizenant, and their running back, Kenyatta Grigsby, all the retirements. This is a team that still fights. And, you know, as much as, as you lose that much firepower that just has won the Divas the last two WFA championships, um, the Divas battled right back and brought this back so that it went to overtime, uh, tied 20 to 20. Um, they play the, the NCAA rules, so each team gets an opportunity, and the Divas get the or sorry the, the Renegades get the ball first and score to make it 26 to 20. Um, then on the extra point attempt, the ball got thrown up and over the holder's hands, and it got returned uh, for a for a two point conversion to cut the lead to 26 to 22. So the Divas get the ball. They're down by four. A touchdown wins it for them. Uh, a field goal is no good for them. And unfortunately, they, they bring it all the way down to the nine-yard line and are unable to punch it home and end the game uh, with a fourth and, and two, and they get sacked for, for a loss to end the game. So just an unbelievable game. Um, you know, I have some questions whether the Divas are going to still be around late in the season with the losses that they have. But they did show in this game that they are pretty pretty feisty and that they are going to keep fighting all the way through this season. Yeah, great showing, Kyle, when you talk about the losses that they have and then to fight back in this game. Um, I know you, you mentioned they might not be around, especially with the competition later in the season. Do you think that this is a potential playoff matchup, or do you think that this is kind of uh, – you know, uh, I guess I don't know how to put it. This loss might send DC the DC Divas stumbling a little bit. Um, I mean, I still think that the Divas have enough in their schedule to make the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, they do play a lot of really good teams, and and even next week they host uh, the Chicago Force, who has the number one offense in the WFA right now. So, um, could be a tough matchup for them next week as well. Um, but it, this could be an early round. Um, rematch in the playoffs. You know, I'm not seeing this as like last year in the semifinals, but um, but I, I do think that the Divas will make it. And and sure, this could be this could be maybe a quarterfinal or or even a first round matchup. And Kyle, another big story or another great story coming out of the WSA uh, is one of the Orlando Anarchy. Um, you know, a lot uh-huh. of people might remember this team from Paula Blanco, her story being a victim of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Coach Corey Connell passing away, succumbing to his injuries in, in the nightclub uh, shooting as well. This team has rallied together. Now they're four and zero. Can can you talk a little bit about what's you know what's the motivation down in Orlando? Um, what this means to WFA? Sure. I mean, this is a team that, uh, as you said, went through a lot of struggles last year. Um, didn't didn't really have a great season last year, um, but but picked up. Got well, I should say, re-picked up uh, just an unbelievable running back, and and now that you know, kind of they have a little bit 
they have a little bit of an ego, a little bit of chip on their shoulder. They picked up a couple of the former uh, Atlanta Phoenix players, um, and they are they are certainly, you know, showing so far anyways that that they are in it this year, um, you know, to to have a strong showing and and maybe make. Now I don't want to say make up for, but you know, uh, have a great season in lieu of what happened last year. And that's that's just an awesome story to follow. So if you can, make sure you look up the Orlando Anarchy, um, Orlando Anarchy on Facebook and OrlandoAnarchy.com. They're 4-0 right now. They're looking to go 5-0 and next weekend against the Jackson Dixie Blues. Jacksonville Dixie Blues. And if, um, and if you haven't he, seen Brandy Pringle, take a look at Orlando Anarchy. She is a stud running back. <laughs> so definitely catch uh, catch highlights of the anarchy, and of course we'll have updates here next weekend on my debut sports. EA, before we finish up on the WFA, your New York Sharks—they picked up a big win. Are you excited? You know, honestly, I haven't been able to keep up with football, but you know, it's always exciting when local teams perform well. So yeah, go Sharks! <laughs> Absolutely. And so, Kyle, I had the IWFL action this week, and. Um, you know, they just they just like to throw me curveballs every week this league. It seems like I think I have a nail on it, and then I just I, I'm completely wrong. This week we saw a huge upset with the Phoenix Phantoms defeating the Carson Bobcats. Now Carson was a team that competed with Utah in the championship last year of the IWSL. They're now 0-2 to start the year, losing to North County Stars and the Phoenix Phantoms. But that's not even the big the biggest story. The biggest story is the Sacramento Sirens defeating the North County Stars forty eight to three. Now we had North County up to I think three in our power rankings this week. Sacramento was down at six or seven. Kyle, you know, you see a lot of great games. you know, I, I got to see this this game, um, and it was a huge win for Sacramento. They're three and one right now. It's incredible to see this team that kind of struggled last year now have this kind of start. So what are your thoughts about Sacramento? You know, I think that's the great thing about, about both of the leagues right now, the, the IWFL and the WFA is you have, we, we've had quite a bit of movement um, this past year. And, and I mean that not, not always just about uh, the, the teams, but also about the players, you know, and you're seeing uh, some teams pick up some players that played for either other teams or, or had, taken a year or two off and and now they're back or, or um just just new members of the team and you know I think it's just a great thing that that we're seeing some high quality play across the country you know and and there are many teams that are um able and, and that are high level and that are out there doing the best they can and and we're going to see some more of these games that we we're not expecting um, to go one way or the other. And, um, you know, in the end, you know, we're going to look back at, at the beginning of the year and say, wow, and, and we thought that this team was going to do this, and they went out and did this instead. So I, I think that's the great thing about sports, and I think that's a, a great thing about both uh, football leagues right now. Absolutely. That's a great point. And it's going to be a really exciting finish towards the end of the year. And then to be able to watch these amazing athletes compete in the world football games um, in, in late July mm-hmm. is also going to be incredible. So just keep track of the league and keep track of these amazing athletes. You can also follow that here on IW Sports. Uh, the Houston Energy defeated the San Antonio Regulators in the Battle of Texas. Uh, Energy win <laughs> 32-18. And the Austin Yellow Jackets right now are probably the second-best team in the IWSL. They defeat the Tulsa Threat 38-0. to they improved to 4-0. and And, yes, I said second best because I still haven't seen a team take down the Utah Falcons. Um, so we'll see what happens there as the season progresses. Um, that wraps up football, so let's move on to some softball. We have the NPF draft going on tonight in about 22 minutes. You can catch it right here, right after MyW Sports. Sports Sunday can look at or watch the draft live on NPF TV. Uh, so search the link. We'll put it out in just a few moments on our social media so you can watch. But – the first pick will go to USSA Pride, U-Triple-S-A Pride. I'll say that instead. Uh, Akron Racers, Chicago Bandits get the third and the fourth, and the Texas Charge wrap up round one. EA, as a former softball player, you're wrapping up your collegiate career, and you're getting ready to get drafted. What are the thoughts you are going through? Well, I wouldn't have any thoughts because uh, that wasn't a – 
that was not my trajectory for a number of reasons. But um, no, but seriously, putting myself into the shoes of these women, um, you know, you, you see people like uh, Jenny Finch, uh, Monica Abbott, and Jessica Mendoza tweeting about the draft. That's really exciting. Um, I think that you're, you know, you um, in in women's sports though you have to also know that there are a few other things that come into play also. So I think these women are are, are excited, but also have to balance whatever careers um, they're going to have to take on in addition to to softball. So I think it's a little bit different, even than the WNBA um, to an extent. Um, but I'm sure that the women are excited. Hopefully they have a mentor that they're talking to to just kind of stay mentally prepared and obviously stay physically fit. But, you know, they're still in season also, so um, they've got to stay focused and and finish out strong for the season and finish out strong academically. So it's a lot. It's a lot going on. And for all women's sports, I guess save for um, the hockey seasons, um, it's a really quick turnaround. We talked a little bit about this for the WNBA. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like you, you get drafted, you've got all this media stuff, and then, um, you know, you've got responsibilities to finish up for school and for your team. So, you know, I think going in, it's just going to be a matter of um, these women having someone that they can um, – or a, a team really that they can rely on to get them through and to keep them focused and to stay fit because it's exciting, but you don't want to be overexcited and, and miss out on the things that are right in front of you that you need to get done in order to successfully transition to the next level. That's a great point. Yeah. And Kyle, I'll bring you in because you know, you coach softball right now, obviously there's a different transition level when you've got high school seniors moving into college, but when you're talking to players, what are some things that you're telling them about the next level and what to expect? Well, and, and again, right, I'm I'm talking to high schoolers going to college, and it's even more so when you're going from college to a lifestyle and and your your business and your job and what you're going to be paid to to do, and you know it, that that really has to be everything about you for that while you're going to play in the NPF. Um, and and I, just to jump on EA's point, you know, unlike some of the other sports, these girls are being selected. They just are finishing up, or they will have finished up, like a 50-plus game schedule, and now they're going to go play in the MPF and, and play another full season right afterwards. So they're, the, the first year of any of these uh, number one draft picks or even first rounders can be very grueling. It, it's very tough to to – play that long at such a high level and and be your best the whole time and 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 it is a, another step up i mean in college you have those games that you just you just know that you're going to win and you may see a pitcher that isn't as dominant when you go to the mps that you're going to see the best of the best every single game and it's very difficult to go for in year one anyways for a lot of these players into the mpf now after that, then when they come back year two, you know, they have a little bit more sense of it. They're not coming off of a full schedule like that. And, and we see such some, some great performances from them in, in future years. And so it, it's great. Yeah, I, obviously, they have to draft at some point, and it's great that, that it's going to happen tonight. Um, but, you know, I don't think any one team is looking at these players to become be their savior just this year absolutely and that's a great point when you talk about some of the most recent drafts a lauren chamberlain a a sierra romero it doesn't seem like this year has those powerhouse names but kind of those 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 filling the voids kind of roles um yeah i'll bring you back in in with the i guess um the defranchising of the pennsylvania rebellion these teams had an opportunity to sign players from Pennsylvania. They're going to fill out their rosters. When you're looking at a team that needs just role players, um, what's your motivation when you're trying to find that, that one player? Are you looking for you know, a, a specific need, or are you looking for just, hey, we need people on the bench who can kind of cheer, not cheer us on, but kind of play that role when they need it? 
I mean, it's different for every team, right? Um, As I alluded to earlier, these are women who, say for Monica Abbott and her one million over, I guess now five years, um, you you know, there's a lot of other things that these women are having to balance. And so it's not necessarily that you're losing players that have lost their stuff, quote unquote. You know, sometimes you lose players that want to go back to school or that need to move because of family or, or choose to move because of another opportunity um, so I think you know it's, it's always going as the GMs as the coaches to, to really have those exit interviews and figure out where your players are at then as far as a team folding and now you've got players that want to return to the league who have experience is that something that your team needs or do you need uh, more young blood you know do you have roles that you have to fill um, did you lose players uh, are there players coming off of serious injuries you know so I think every team is different and so the teams need to look first internally do an assessment of, of what they have and then uh, you know just as if it were the draft see what's on the board and make your indication um, as best as as you can um, for what your need is so you gotta you gotta scout players. You have to have your scouts going. You have to be able to talk to coaches, even former teammates, and see if not only the product on the field, but in the locker room and and the personality for your market is a good fit. Uh, well, I know we're gonna talk about the WNBA, but you know some of the rumors that were circulating post the number one draft pick, uh, Kelsey Plum, or case in point. You know, uh, do you just want to say that you have the number one draft pick? Or do you want to make sure that your number one draft pick is someone who's going to fit into the system and you're not benching essentially a number one pick? You know, same thing. Do you want to take an all-star from another team just to say that you got them? Or do you want to have a player that's going to make an immediate impact? And so that doesn't always, you know, quote, unquote, whoever is is ranked as the best might not be the best for, for what you got. And you you said that perfectly, EA. And uh, Kyle, bring you bringing you back in. When you're talking about young blood versus veteran players, or when you're talking about what you can add to uh, you know certain teams, obviously as EA said, every team is going to be different. But when you're looking at some of the pitchers or some of the dominant players in MPF, for the most part, they've been pitchers. So do you see a Jessica Boros of Florida State who has a .85 ERA with six strikeouts um, and or a Sydney Littlejohn who has .99 ERA in the SEC. When you're looking at these kind of players, the leagues they play and the teams they play for, um, especially the pitchers in particular, is this kind of a make-or-break pick for, for some organizations? Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but softball uh, is actually a misnomer. Uh, it's actually not called soft. It's called who has the best pitcher. Um, and so <laughs> – you can never have too much pitching. And so, so obviously, yeah, any of those, any pitcher that's coming out, I mean, like I said, they, they may be tired. This, this is going to be, you know, tough for a pitcher who just has already pitched the, the number of innings they've pitched in college to then come in and help this year. However, if you're picking up a pitcher that, that is a dominant force and is continuing to work hard all the time, um, yeah, they can certainly then, come into the MPF and, and like I said, maybe not this year, but, but in the future, they're going to be a huge piece of any one of these teams. Um, but that being said, again, I'll, I'll go back to what EA said, but, but if I already have, you know, five pitchers that I feel comfortable with as my, my pitching staff, then maybe I, I'm not looking at a pitcher, you know, it, it, it's all going to be dependent on what teams feel like the best for them is. And, you know, I, I look at, you know, some of these teams and, and I think, okay, great. They they might have great pitching, but also you need to score runs to win the game. You can't win a 0-0 game. So, um, so somebody has to score. So I, I think they're always still looking for some good hitters and people that make things happen and some great speed that, that is tough to defend. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. And uh, there's a lot of great – talented power hitters in this draft as well. A lot of mid-major big hitters, Becca Hartley from Troy, Elizabeth Snow from Albany, you got Nicole Evans from Illinois, a bunch of great hitters in this, in this class. Uh, and we'll see who goes where this, this evening as the MPF draft gets almost underway in about 12 minutes uh, on MPF TV. So definitely catch that action in just a few as we wrap up here. We're going to head into our 
five good minutes. And EA, you alluded to this, so I want to get you in on this. Um, we didn't get to really expand on our draft talk, and Kelsey Plum, you mentioned it. A lot of speculation that the first pick was going to get traded, that even after she was selected, that there's going to be some movement. How happy was I that nothing happened is, is, is an understatement. I think ecstatic is probably the word uh, I might be looking for. But a lot of speculation and nothing happened. What were your thoughts about the draft? And, you know, obviously WNBA preseason is going underway. She just had uh, a tour of San Antonio, her new home. Um, so just your thoughts on the draft and the upcoming WNBA season. Yeah, I thought the draft was great. Uh, the SEC in particular, I believe, had of the first 12 picks had eight from that conference alone. I think um, Pac-12 had a pretty good representation as well. Um I think, yeah, you know, the, to use the term, the ball of the bell, uh, the bell of the ball, there we go, <laughs> was definitely uh, Kelsey Plum, but I think a lot of other teams got really competitive um, with some of their picks. We didn't see a lot of trades, actually. The only other trade we saw was Chantel, Kelsey's uh, teammate, um, was traded up after the draft. But there wasn't a lot of movement, not like we saw last year. Um, but I think every team got better, um, you know, with players that maybe similarly to what we were talking about for softball, maybe they don't come directly off the bench. Not every team. I think there are some players that are going to be expected to really come out and, and do something immediately. I'm thinking particularly Jones. Uh, from coming out of uh, Maryland, going to Connecticut with Alumite uh, now out suspended for the season because of her injuries. She was given an extension, so it's not that she was suspended for any anything uh, bad or negative. It's just injury related, but she does have that extension. So Connecticut sees her as a part of their future, but not the immediate future. So Jones is going to have to step up. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Kelsey Plum fits in with the other guards in San Antonio, which, again, there was some speculation around that, but Kelsey has signed her contract, and she's been doing her media rounds. She's, she's, you know, handling it like a professional. Uh, I think the Liberty didn't pick up much from the draft, per se. I think they had two choices, both wide open. They lose uh, Carolyn Ford, so they're going to have to find some big, whether that's Dowie B or some of the people coming in to fill those roles. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think every team more or less did well. I think uh, Dallas uh, had a really, really good uh, draft. Is, is who I would probably put up there at the, at the top of my list. I don't know, Lou, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry, I just want to jump on it. Just to add to what you said, too, like not only Kelsey Plum, you know, I don't want to say shopped around, but but there was certainly a lot of talk about that trade, but also, you know, the number two pick with Alana Coates, Elena Coates, too, you know. Um, There was a lot of talk there as well. And you're right. I think that a lot of teams filled some, some, I don't want to say gaps or some holes, but certainly you can see, you know, uh, the Washington Mystics getting Shatori Walker Kimbrough. You know, I think a guard like that is going to really, su- really support what they have and what they've added in this off season with the strength that they've got from from Elena Deladon and 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 the the other people that they picked up this this off season as well. And even I think about you know the Atlanta Dream who lost or who is losing Angel McCautry this year. But picking up a guard like Brittany Sykes, who is a very good young talent that is going to be available and, and help them out at, in the backcourt for for the uh, dream. Yeah, I, I think those are those are great picks um, as well, Kyle. And I think my honestly my my underrated star of the draft was the Chicago Sky. Um, I, I thought with the loss mm-hmm. of Deladon, they had to pick up some some important pieces, and they did. Uh, Kyle mentioned Elena Coates. I think Tori Jankowski is an underrated guard from Michigan State. Um, I really like that pick a lot. Chantel Osohor, I've been so high on since I've actually got to see her play at Washington. 
uh, along with uh, Kelsey Plum and, and Michaela Epps. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of SEC games this year and last year in Kentucky. The Kentucky guard's really, really good. So uh, I think those four picks for Chicago make make for them to have a, a really good roster to build on for the future. I don't think it's going to translate this year, but if it does, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and not to be a homer here, but I saw a lot of Letitia Romero, not only yep. in the Olympics this year, but the Florida State player is, is the real deal. And to see what Connecticut Sun did this year – with Brianna Jones from Maryland, Shayla Cooper from Ohio State, obviously Letitia from Florida State, and Jessica January from DePaul. I think those were great, great picks for the Sun, um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Connecticut this year. So I don't know if I answered so, your question, EAEA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but with, with Romero, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the training roster for Connecticut, but is she on that roster? Because I, I thought that she had some commitments with Spain that might keep her away. Yeah, so she does. Right, but, she does have. Go ahead, Kyle. But in the same respect, you know, again, I, I know we talked about this before the draft. I think that the Sun are building for the future, and mm-hmm. she may this year, but I, I can see her coming in huge for them in the next couple of years. And and I agree with with Lou. You know, adding Brianna Jones plus Leticia Romero, I think, is going to be huge for the Suns' young core and as they just continue to get older um that that could be a very very solid team yeah and ea to answer your question i think she has gone in spain for for most of the season if not half of the season um so to Kyle's point i think it might not be this year uh she'll be joining the sun but it might be in the next couple got it got it so from WNBA draft, let's move on to the United Women's Lacrosse League, who had their draft last Monday as well. Some new faces in this league, the Long Island Sound, the Baltimore Ride, um, the, the Boston Storm, the Philly Freedom. There's a lot of great action for lacrosse coming up this year. Um, any surprises for either of you um, players maybe not returning or any of the picks uh, that, that got you, caught your attention? No, I mean I think that any time that you have a a new a new league, I mean the the UWLX just started last year and now you're you're into year 2, you know, I think it's just it's great that we do have some some I don't want to say turnover, but but they're getting even more uh high level quality players to join into uh the league this year and I think that it's it's just a a good thing, it's a support of the league. You know, we saw it in the NWHL this year, the rookies that came into the league this year and really performed just above and beyond what any rookie would be expected to do. And I think we're going to see the same thing with the with the UWLX this year. EA, any hope that the sound go back-to-back? Uh, back? You know, I think, it, I think it, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I think it's a, a new league that's still trying to really – Get some attention. You know, it's, it's hard for me to say because a part of that is that I would like to see the, the league do a little bit more promotion throughout the year and really uh, gain some, some ground, especially because lacrosse is uh, picking up just in general. Um, and so I think they, they've really got an opportunity, but I'd like to see them, uh, you know, continue, continue to push. Absolutely. We're excited to cover the league as it starts later on in May. Uh, and as we tried to get out last week, Stony Brook uh, Lacrosse will be coming out on our Friday features. Completely missed that this week, so our apologies. Um, so stay tuned for that feature. Stony Brook up to number three in the rankings, their highest ever as a program. Uh, only one loss on the year. That was to Florida early on. I think they're on a nine-game winning streak with the win this past weekend against UNBC. So stay tuned for that. Some quick wrap-ups here. The WTA tournaments for the week, the Porsche Tennis Grand Prix. Maria Sharapova making her return. She won the tournament uh, three years in a row from 2012 to 2014. Angeli Kerber is a two-time defending champion. Uh, so we'll see if those two players meet. Um, Maria was given a wild card. A lot of people debating whether she was uh, deserving of that. But the other tennis tournament is the TEB BNP Paribas uh, Istanbul Cup, and you can catch those on WTA Tennis. Uh, tennis Channel will also have some live action as well this upcoming week. The LPGA has the Volunteers of America Texas Shootout. That's in Irving, Texas. That will happen from the 27th to the 30th uh, this week, so stay tuned for LPGA coverage as well. Again, you can catch the MPA on MPF TV. Go online right now and catch it. 
or if you're tuning in a little after Monday night, you can uh, check the results on mindwsports.com. No NWSL or CWHL news. Uh, USA Hockey, four-time winners of World Championships, first nation to do that. So that's some quick news there. Uh, and as always, any uh, any sorry. And as always, follow us on social media. MyW Sports is bringing you motivational Monday, Top Player Tuesday, Women in History Wednesday, Throwback Thursday, and Friday favorites. Uh, and again, as we always try to do here on Motivational Monday, our quote for the week comes from Amanda Scarborough. It is, quote, passion creates work ethic. Work ethic creates possibilities. Possibilities create happiness. So with that, we leave you here on this Monday evening. Thank you for joining us on MyW Sports Sports Monday. You can catch us next week here on Blog Talk Radio for Erica Ayala, Tao Westcott. I'm Luis Sanchez. Again, have a great rest of the week, and join us next Monday here on MyW Sports Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.